Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Saren. We're your spider baby hosts from To Know Her Is To Fear Her, a spider woman podcast, as well as proud members of The Collective. You're listening to Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Happy listening. Curses! That Sean Ross has evaded my machinations this year. But no matter. You, Tim Price, the, quote, pod crasher, unquote, shall take his place. <laughs> uh, okay. Why? What did I do to you? Don't play dumb with me. I know you were involved in the previous crossovers, and now that you have your own show, it is easier for me to track you down. Plus, I don't like your face. Well, that was unnecessary. The joke's on you anyway. I like both Transformers and My Little Pony. This crossover has no chance of bothering me. Yes, but you will be podcasting this episode from Florida. No! Well, our turn, our turn. Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And as you would have heard from the what happened before the opening music, uh, well, it's Halloween, and Mephisto is bored or something. I don't know. Jerk. But anyway, so Tim's here today. Tim Price. How are you doing, Tim? I'm fine, Al. How are you doing? Well, other than Mephisto, you know, good. I mean, it's Halloween, free candy day. You mean it's Halloween and you have Mephisto. So, you know, it's a double win. You and I have to really compare our definitions of the <laughs> word win, because I think we're using different <laughs> dictionaries. Uh, and one of us needs to change. Well, you know, I've, I, have, I have Mephisto on my side, so I figure I'm safe. There you go. I, I have Mephisto staying for several months, so I'm good. <laughs> Dog still has fire come out when he pees. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> anyway, besides, you know, the flames every time we go out for a walk at night, it does make it easy to get not worry about getting lost, though. I will say that. Oh, there you go. That's that's a nice little little trail. Yeah. My neighbors don't like it, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, very different from that is that I was watching Disney Plus's uh, Doug Day's series of shorts based upon Pixar's character Doug. 
the dog from Up. And so, oh. like, yeah, that was really fun. I did not know they had those. Those, I don't know how long ago they came out, but I only just got around to watching it this week. Yeah. They're only like 10 minutes each, and there's five of them. So, I, at least that maybe they're going to do more. I'm not sure, but they're five so far. And they just like just rolled right through them. And, you know, especially if you like the, the, the way that Doug talks. Oh, there's plenty of Doug talk. It is great. Squirrel. Oh, and there's lots of squirrel. Squirrel is a recur- squirrel is a the primary supporting character. I don't know who you are, but I love you. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is funny because the squirrel is dead. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna have to check this out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's good, it's good. And there's even things that I would say would possibly be spoilerish if I talked about them, so I'm not going to. Some of the some of the best parts would be spoilery. No, no, no. You gotta no. see it for yourself. All right. Well, if you light up, then go check that out because I want to. And speaking oh, yeah, of puppies and pets, that's a nice segue. That works. It is. Because what we didn't we're even, talking about. Did, did you plan that? Did yes, you plan I did. that? Uh, you see, you see, I, planned, this is I where, planned Disney Plus to have the Doug specials out just so you could watch them. See, professional podcaster versus the the no th- no nothing r- rookie over here. That's that's how it is. You're, you're a pro. You're on top of these things. Me, I don't know what's going on. It's called stealing credit for other people's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. Yeah, professional. Work work smarter, <laughs> not harder. That's right, Scrooge. <laughs> McDuck, Which not Ebenezer do? people. Well, we need to transform this conversation into something else. Hey. Oh, how do you know? Hey, so, yes, how are you doing? Thanks to Mephisto, we are covering, as you've probably heard, because this is part of our annual Mephisto crossover. So as you would have heard me on the Mayor of Comics episode, and... Woo. I think it was what Jeff and Rick were next. Uh, yes, Jeff yeah, and Rick were next. Four, right, and I'm doing number four. Right. Yeah. So, or on Jeff and Rick present unpacking the power power pack. We are doing the My Little Pony Transformers crossover, which I did not even know existed. <laughs> That's interesting. I saw it immediately when it started getting uh, announced, and kind of like it made the rounds on Twitter pretty heavily because people were like. This is insane. It's going to be awesome. And they were right. Well, yeah, it's in the vein of, like, you know, Archie meets the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Or Archie meets Predator. That's exactly so. the kind of team up that I thought of, too, when that when it got announced. It's like yeah. those non superhero-y and completely bizarre team ups, mashups, crossovers, whatever you want to call them. It's just a it's delightful. No, so we could, I mean, if you want to go into more detail on this part in your episode, that's fine, because it's your show. But briefly then, so what do you know about either franchise, briefly? Yeah, let's see. For Transformers, you know, I was a teenager when they originally made it into the U.S. market back in the 80s. Never owned one. I thought they were cool, but I just never got around to buying one or asking for one for Christmas. But I watched the cartoon quite a bit. I collected the Marvel series for the first 20 issues, but then just kind of faded away after that. Um, but of course, one big hook from the Marvel series is that that means I did get the Spider-Man appearance in issue number three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's just still uh, that. Now, that's another like transfer crossover thing that blows your mind. But yeah, aside from that, I just like I really haven't kept up with the Transformers much besides that. Honestly, um, I haven't seen the recent movies, any of them. 
And I guess that, uh, well, and I, and, uh, let's see at Boston fan expo in 2019 with the bunch of the other podcasters that were there. Um, we had a night of watching the original transformers, the movie, the animated movie, the good one. So yeah, that's what I I call first time. I first time I'd seen that. So yeah, that was fun time. So I know of the transformers and I think they're cool, but I just haven't had a big fandom for them. Uh, but this, my little pony well you know i had uh twin daughters uh that are now 16 i said you still uh, have them <laughs> i still have them but you didn't get you know, bored they, and be like can we trade no, these I in? Didn't, no 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 i didn't trade them in um, I, I need new rugs well you know they're now starting to learn to drive maybe they're we should not be trading them once in. they get their once they get their licensing their licenses then you know that'll really uh be some new opportunities shall we say shall we say Hey, you can run to the store, right? Go get to go to the store first, please. So yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, but when they were little, when they were about five, that's when My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, you know, came on the air. That's when it, ver- it first kind of started. And they were they were into it. So I watched it with them. I would I didn't seek it out on my own, but I watched it with them. And really, I was enjoying it. You know, it was it was, you know, he definitely had, you know, a kid's show to it but some of the stories were pretty really fun uh, and engaging so i had a good time with that um they even were into the comic books for a little bit because they got them you know i helped them get the comic books because you know yeah you know i'm hey, gonna you know, there's a comic adaptation of the thing you like kids I'll, I'll buy that for you and see if you'll read it exactly oh i understand that completely um but they lost interest after a couple years and so when they stopped watching i stopped watching and that's fine but yeah. you know I knew enough from watching it with them and paying attention while watching with, it's not like watching like, uh, huh, that's nice, honey. Uh, huh, yeah, that, that's so funny. Uh, huh, right. Sure. Uh, let me just read my other things over here. No, I was actually yeah. paying attention. I was actually, you know, staying, staying about the story. Cause I was, you know, also that's kind of fun as a parent. If you can, if you can put up with it enough and you actually find that you like it. Oh boy. You really get that nice, uh, interaction with the kids. You can, they can talk about it with you and you're not just like, you're not just smiling and nodding. It's like, yeah. And then how about this? The finish. You get add to the conversation. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, so we watched it for probably the, I think the fourth season is about as far as we got. And they finished with nine seasons. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize yeah, so, that. Wow. Hell yeah. A long time. Yeah. And I mean, that was also, we also would get like the special movies. They had um, like the Equestria Girls movies. I think we've seen both of those. Um, and yeah, we does mean me too. Uh, <laughs> so, and we also, you know, being that right age, people gave us or, you know, for presents or something, the previous My Little Pony iteration videos. So we saw those as well, which were, you know, not the Equestria Girls versions, but the the previous versions. From the 80s? Um, so we, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, but I think they, they even like had newer videos keeping the, keeping the franchise going, keeping the toys going that were even going into the late 90s. So those were like, okay, yeah, these are just soup. These are just cute. Okay, that's fine. Funny thing to kind of go from that to this, because uh, yeah. th- this, this storytelling, this storytelling is much more appealing to a modern audience. From what I've seen. But yeah, yeah. So I know way too much about these characters, about the, the about the ponies. I actually know the ponies more than the Transformers. It's a cr- it's it. sad to say, that's that's the truth. I'm not a brony because no, I don't. I have not followed them since my You're kids. You're not going off on your own. No, I'm not. This is not my own fandom, but I know them, so I appreciate them. They're fun. Oh, yeah, no, it's on. It's on in the house you were watching. You pay, you saw mm-hmm. enough that you you picked up stuff and you know it's going. You have an idea, mm-hmm. and I have because, opinions because yeah. you know 
you know, we're, we're, we're in this fandom stuff. We know how to get opinions. Oh, God, yeah. So how well, about you? I'm, what's what's I'm your I'm mind briefly. That? I mean, because since if anyone listened to the first episode, you know, of this crossover, we covered issue one on Mayor of Comics or Mayor of Cartoons or whatever they're calling it now. Married watching <laughs> cartoons. One of those. I was on there, so we went a bit more into, you know, we went into some detail on that, but we'll go reverse order. My Little Pony, I knew it existed. Don't have daughters. But from what I saw about it, basically <laughs> my opinion was that, is that, because like you said, with watching the kids, it's not something you have to kind of ignore. Because to me, there's two types of shows for kids. There are kid shows, which means mm-hmm. that's kind of the best you're going to do is kind of like, hope it doesn't bother you while you're reading something else because it's made for small children it's made you know it's made to not have any appeal to adults right you know that's like the things where like if they make a movie of it people are going to look at you weird if you go in there to that movie theater without children because it's like what's wrong with you as opposed to something like this which seems a bit more all ages Mm -hmm. as in there is stuff for people who are older to watch so like we said with up for instance that's an all ages animated movie you know Mm -hmm. there's no reason that's that you don't have to have you have the excuse of i have kids and that's why i watched it so but with the my little pony that was kind of my opinion of it from what i saw about it was not my thing to watch i'm not going to go out and look for it but you know what if i had kids who were into it i would probably be from what i saw i probably would be able to watch it with them and not you know go please shoot me it's not one of those kid shows because it's more all ages um but the most i knew about it really was what i picked up from watching that one episode of uh, the netflix series the toys that made us ah okay because they did an episode of My Little pony and they touch on you know they talk about all the toys and all the stuff that came because of the toys you know like if anyone, you know, they also did what episodes for He-Man. So they did stuff all about the, you know, how the animated series got done, you know, came from the toys, all that stuff. Same thing, My Little Pony. And they talk a bit, obviously, at the last, you know, towards the latter half of it about the newer series, The Friendship is Magic. Right. Mm-hmm. So I knew about it, but that pretty much is my knowledge. I know they exist. That's it. Transformers, a bit more. I was a few years younger than you, so I was at the prime age for watching the cartoon and wanting the toys. I had a few mm-hmm. of them. Not a lot, but I had a few. I saw the original movie when it came out in 86 in the theater. Mm-hmm. So I was like 11, 10 or 11 years old, watching all my favorites get killed. That's traumatic. Yes, it was. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I was, I had started college when the movie came out. So it's just like, we just didn't get around to watching it because I was at college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stuff since then, I did read some of the, I had a few scattered issues of the original Marvel series. I didn't actually start buying mm-hmm. it till towards the end when I was actually buying comics at that point, you know, actually going out and buying them and not just getting whatever random ones happened to come towards me. Right. So it was like issue 68, I think is like my first one till like 80 when it ended. So basically the last year. Mm-hmm. And then oh, yeah. I've read like a scattered issue or two of issue of series that come out since then. And uh, there was like one of the there was like one Transformer series that came out a couple years ago. I think it was called Prime, maybe Transformers Prime. Mm, OK, it came out like 2008 or nine, something like that. I watched that one. Oh, OK, and I and I've seen like the newer movies. I saw the first one. It was OK. I mm-hmm. still thought the 86 movie was better, 
but that one was fine. But then each movie is, in my opinion, got worse and worse. And, you know, the second one, me and friends, you know, went with friends and saw it at the theater. And I was like, yeah. And then after that, I didn't bother seeing the theater. And I caught like the next one or two on like Hulu or something. And after that, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to bother watching. Because it was like went from, all right, we'll go see it in the theater to if it's on a streaming service, I have, I'll watch it. And now I'm on. Uh, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> I, I should actually qualify that I did watch on streaming Bumblebee. That one I have not seen. And I had, and it was, it was cute, which yeah. is kind of funny to say about the Transformers as opposed to My Little Pony. That, yeah, the Bumblebee movie was cute. So when it comes to the ponies here, I've heard some of the names, but I really don't know anything. Anything I know about them is coming really from this. Right. Mm-hmm. For the Transformers, most of them I know, but there obviously have been a few new additions that I'm like, I have no idea who this character is. Mm-hmm. But yes. we'll get to I'll, that as, was, we get, as we get to the issue. And I was the same way. I, that, that's fair, because I was actually the same way. Um, just because so many of these, you know, they, they don't change them, but so much. They want to keep the toy franchise going, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of new additions in this series, which are kind of fun that they're included. So there are two stories in this issue, which is not, which is what they do for each issue of the series. So where is it? I have this one is called this issue is number three and has two stories, Pet Sounds and the Flying Foxtrot. I'm assuming what the other comics all did, probably multiple stories per issue. Yeah, each of them did two stories per issue. Now, was the cartoon like that, too? Was it like one story throughout the whole episode or was it like multiple stories, kind of like, you know, Tiny mm-hmm. Toons or Animaniacs? No, that for the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, it was a single story per episode. OK, just curious. All yeah. right. I, so, so this they probably were doing this just to maximize. They were they were they're kind of like hedging their bets on. We know this is a crazy idea, so let's do all the team ups in as tight a format as possible. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of almost, almost like a version of the uh, old Marvel vs. DC crossover, if you remember that miniseries. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, each one, I mean, granted, it was a big story, but, like, each crossover with the different characters was kind of like their own little thing. Like, they could have done it as, like, multiple stories. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the Wolverine Lobo stuff. Here's the Robin and Jubilee. Here's, you know, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, Spider-Man and uh, Superboy. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's how they're doing it here. Each story is like a crossover between like a pony character and a transformer character. The Justice League wouldn't help him, so Batman formed a new team. These people of power are all looking for something, be it their past or a purpose or simply somewhere to fit in. These are the heroes for a troubled age. They are the Outsiders. We are the Outsiders! Covering Mike W. Barr's 1983 series from the very beginning, as they face villains no other team can, like Agent Orange, the Force of July, and the Nuclear Family. (laughs) Puns. This is The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us with The Huntress Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehuntresspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at BatOutcasters. 
We are the Outcasters, because to live outside the law, you must be honest. Our cover for issue three has, and I had to look up the seat because I can remember, look up who's in this first story. So it looks like it's, uh, where is it? Fluttershy. Yes, that's Fluttershy. Surrounded by a couple of Soundwave's little robots. So we got Laserbeak, Ravage, and I don't know who Pink Monkey Guy is. Yeah, Pink Monkey Guy did not ring a bell for me either. And I, he's, I don't think he's the one who appears in the story either. Yeah, yeah there's that, the, that one's new to me. Yeah. But anyway, so Pet Sounds, written by James Asmus, art by Jack Lawrence, colors by Luis Antonio Delgado, letters by Jake M. Wood. And probably easiest if I just drop a quick uh, synopsis right here, and then Tim and I will be back in a moment to talk about it. Story number one in this issue is titled Pet Sounds, writer James Asmus, artist Jack Lawrence, colors Luis Antonio Delgado, Letters, Jake M. Wood, and edited by Megan Brown. At Fluttershy's cottage, she and Discord are having their weekly tea party get-together when the Decepticon sound wave crash lands outside. Fluttershy's animal friends retreat into the cottage in a fearful panic as Soundwave deploys his mini-cassette subordinates, Laserbeak, Frenzy, Ratbat, and Ravage, to scout and secure the area. Mistaking the smaller Decepticons as Soundwave's pets due to their resemblance to animals, Fluttershy comes out to introduce herself, and Soundwave determines her to be non-threatening. When a cautious Discord comes out, however, Soundwave recognizes him as a threat and attacks. As Discord throws off Soundwave with his shape-shifting abilities and chaotic nature, the mini-cassettes corner and interrogate Fluttershy about the new world they have arrived in. During this, Fluttershy notices scratches where Ravage has sustained damage from past battles. She offers healing ointment to her new animal friends, which warms Ravage, Ratbat, and Laserbeak up to her, but Frenzy, unmoved by her compassion, physically knocks her away. Fluttershy calls Frenzy a bully for dismissing her attempts to be kind and welcoming, and the other mini-cassettes turn on him. With his chaos magic, Discord turns himself and Fluttershy's animals into mechanical beasts, and they attack Soundwave, while Ravage, Ratbat, and Laserbeak attack Frenzy. Realizing the power and might of friendship, Soundwave and Frenzy change their tune, and Fluttershy offers to start over and make friends. Soundwave and Frenzy agree under the threat of Discord turning them into ponies. As the two sides make peace, Soundwave receives a transmission from Megatron, ordering him to rendezvous at another location. Soundwave acknowledges the order, but as he watches the mini-cassettes have fun with their new friends, he decides to stay a little longer. Alright, we're back. So, who the heck is this Discord person? This is weird looking. <laughs> he, he looks almost like some of the versions of like the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. He's got a horse head, but turkey feet, and he's got two different types of horns. So what's going on here? Okay, well, um, what is he? He's like a chimera. I don't think that's technically what he is, but that's what he reminds me of, is that he's a, he's an, a single creature who's made up of a bunch of different creatures, or like, that's how he likes to present himself, because he's a shape changer, and super powerful magical and his whole thing is to bring about chaos and disharmony which is very bad for equestria because it's all about equestria keeps its power from friendship and uh, solidarity uh, so 
he appeared as like the big bad in the first season of Friendship is Magic. Um, he's voiced in the cartoon by John Delancey. I was going to say he's like a mix of Q from Star Trek and mm-hmm. uh, Mixie Pidlick. Mixie Pidlick. Yes. Misaplick, whatever you want to call him. That guy. Mixie. Yeah, him too. Mr. Mixing Bowl. And so obviously that voice casting is not by accident. No. And every time John Delancey is on there, he just sounds like he's having a blast or he's really good at faking it. And he's just like, I'm just cashing a check, people. Hey. I don't know which, which he's going. It does. It hey, so sounds, hey, it that sounds, sounds good. like it's work. So though. I'm going to take it that he's that he's having a good time with it. You know what? If he's just cashing a check and still able to do that, well, then that's impressive. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, yeah, his, his whole character kind of looks like a whole mash of things, including having some horse like elements as well, which works for being part of my little pony um and yeah so you know well you're gonna be really sorry you asked because yes i actually know more about this character than you would think uh that he was like he was like imprisoned in stone and he got loose chaos 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 the power of magic puts him back in the stone later they realize they need him to fight some other big bad so releasing him he and and he befriends the ponies by the time they're done and of all of them he befriends the most fluttershy because Fluttershy is the one who's the most open, but, you know, she likes animals. She cares. That's what she cares for. And that's what she takes care of in Equestria. Um, and so, like, he's like an embodiment of lots of animals. And her gentleness and tenderness is the thing that fin- that wins him over to her above all the others. The others all kind of like can be pretty, pretty uh, a little bit uh, tougher. But her softness is what wins him over. So that's why in this story, they start by having having, it's not a surprise to see them having tea together. It's just not a surprise. Yeah. And, and there's a the thing here about her taking care of animals. Although it is kind of amusing the pony is taking care of animals. It's kind of like watching Goofy watch, walk Pluto. Yes. It's like, you're both dogs. Wait a <laughs> minute. I don't, wait a Why? Why do you get to wear pants? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll have that thing, um, I think that there's some horses, some of the ponies own cattle, I think. <laughs> and so that's not weird. Um, you just got to go with it. It's kind of like you have to yeah. accept that Clark can't, with Superman wearing glasses yeah. convinces everybody. If you can't get mm-hmm. through that, then don't bother with Superman. And But I'm pretty sure everybody in My Little Pony is a vegetarian, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Okay, so now... <laughs> Because that'd be a whole different problem. <laughs> That's the ultimate punishment. <laughs> the law. <laughs> Burger time. That's right. <laughs> and then what happens is Soundwave shows up. Now, I, I know for me, it's the cartoon is the most influenced because as I'm reading this issue, I can hear them talking. Oh, absolutely. The voices from the cartoon. So I hear Soundwave. Soundwave, you know, I, I can't do the voice. Be noticed that, that his that Soundwave the Megatron. Megatron, alien landscape detected. Yeah, it's in that monotone. So yeah. so great. And you see all the little critters looking at him, like, "What the heck is this thing?" Although the bunny with the giant eye, wide eyes, like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> I don't remember his name, but. Fluttershy does have one bunny that is her that is specifically her primary pet. And I believe that's him. Yeah. That's her that's her bunny. Um, okay. 
he's obnoxious. <laughs> you know, it's not like they don't know the, none of the other animals talk. There's some magical creatures that talk besides the ponies, but none of the other animals talk in yeah, the world. Yeah, because none of these seem to talk uh, at all in this show, in the, no. this story. No, but, of course but her bunny, them. her bunny does while not talking. He is so obnoxious. It is pretty, <laughs> it is pretty bad. So of course that's why Fluttershy loves him even more. And it's like, no, she's, she's going to kill you with kindness, son. I'm sorry. That's what she does. So, but yeah, so we have, yeah. So giant shockwave just towering over the animals. There is just a, like, what are we looking at here? It is great dissonance. No, it also the way they draw him. They do. I mean, it is still in the same somewhat of the style of the, the the artist doing it, but it is still definitely sound wave, especially like that generation one sound wave with like the the real, you know, like all the transformers, the real um, ninety degree angles, and you know, it's definitely mm-hmm. very metallic, and it, it does stand out in the rest of this world because right. they do draw the world. Absolutely. It's not a realistic drawing of the forest. It looks like it's something out of the cartoon. So. The Transformers do stand out here, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, which works because it's supposed to be two very different worlds t- together. Yes. And that's where also like on this page where we have Fluttershy giving Discord the side eye about, are you sure you didn't have anything to do with this? Because, oh, yeah, when he was back in his past, when he was being a jerk, oh, this would be. This would just be Tuesday for Discord to be <laughs> making something like this happen. Uh so it's like, yes, that's, but you know, she's still, you know, she's still like, do you promise you're not trying to scare me? Yeah. <laughs> and then Soundwave does what he does, which is send out the tapes. Eject, eject, eject. Yeah, Laserbeak, Frenzy, Ratbat, and Ravage. And Ratbat was one that like, you never saw in the cartoon. Oh, really? I don't remember ever. Ratbat really was never appeared. I don't remember he does. Ravage did a lot. I always liked Ravage. Plus, it was one of the ones mm. I. It was one of the few ones I had, and yeah. one of the ones that like we still had years later. Like it was still hanging around. So mm-hmm. Ravage is okay. always Ravage is always a favorite of mine. Laserbeak's the only one who always jumps out at me. Yeah, and Frenzy. I heard Frenzy's voice too. Kind of has almost like that Brooklyn accent. Uh huh. Right. Right. So the fact that he gets a lot of speaking time here has amused me as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Oh, I looked at the bunny's name. The bunny's name is Angel, of course. Okay. Of course, because it's a total jerk. And of course, that's why. So that has to be what Fluttershy would name it. Oh, <laughs> but, my sweet little angel. <laughs> but I'm very amused by her, like her shock, look of shock and confusion. And then he realized, she realizes what he's deploying. She's like, he has pets. <laughs> Which was the moment that I went, oh, now I get it. And, That's you know why what? they paired these two up. And it's a good idea because you know what? You don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, techni- I mean, and if you're talking about maybe like Frenzy or Rumble. You know, right. They're, you know, they're, that's different. You know, maybe like, okay, not I consider that, but Ratbat, Laserbeak, Ravage. Yeah. You know, they're portrayed as like animal, you know, they're, they're not portrayed as like, uh, they're more portrayed as like Lockjaw would be, you know, mm-hmm. they're still animals, yes. you know, yep. maybe slightly more intelligent, but they're still animals. They're not portrayed like they have, you know, human or, you know, transformer intelligence. So mm-hmm. it's, they're not portrayed like sentient, you know, things that talk and make decisions. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. The, yeah, it's, the, it's definitely pets. like he has his pet Avengers. I mean, mm-hmm. pet Decepticons. So, 
It totally works. Head of Ventures, oh. deploy, Ms. Lion, <laughs> Nails, <laughs> Throg. Oh, now about Discord, I also wanted to point out on that same page, when you go up and you see that it's like here is two faces for Discord. Oh, because he's a shape changer, that's totally what he's done. It's not like he's done a, a quick like double take. It's not showing a fast moving of his head. He's actually like, like one head looking out the window while the other head is looking at Fluttershy. Oh, yeah. No, I, I figured out he's probably doing that because you can see him doing that and also changing other things as we get towards the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. Changes other stuff, too. But I, I mean, it, 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 it does also work with like the way that you know she's all like ready like oh let's be friends and he's like i don't know if you should trust this one mm-hmm. he's like I, I i he's like like smells like he's like yeah i don't know if this guy i think this guy's plans beyond being a friend <laughs> uh yeah yeah it and that's the thing is like both uh from a character standpoint motivational standpoint um Discord is probably the one that actually fits the best against a Decepticon because, you know, he's got the, he, he know he's not a good guy. He's become, he's been a good guy, but he's not a good guy. He's the closest they have to an anti-hero. And the funny, and because of his power level, he's the most dangerous thing in Equestria. So the, the, the Decepticons really were, this is actually like one of the bigger matchups where a, a native of Equestria really could hold their own against the Decepticons. He starts shooting and of course he's like, oh, you changed things? So that's, I like that. That's cool. And all of a sudden he starts becoming robotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a really good design of him. I like, I like how they made that happen. All the little plates and stuff. On his neck, on his finger. And they're basically putting a lampshade on everything as Soundwave says, nonsense detected. <laughs> oh, yes. Because, I mean, basically, they're almost like in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. You know, considering how different the rules of reality are. And he's like, what the heck is like this? I mean, as Frenzy says, what is this place? What's its defenses? And why does everything smell like lavender? That is a great line. I'm, th- I'm glad you mentioned that one. Smells like lavender. He's <laughs> like, what the heck? What? Where are we? Mm-hmm. Like, we were having a nap, and then Soundwave kicks us out to work, and we're like, what the heck? Oh, yeah. Well, that way, when he's scanning, uh, everything is like, initial data seems illogical. Threat assessment, negative. Threat assessment, significant that's what he scans you know discord it's like oh significant is kind of underselling it (laughs) but he doesn't know what he's getting into yet well soundwave only probably has a couple levels anyway he doesn't need that many well that's true negative minuscule significant unicron probably he's a he's a con a few words yeah that's all he's very smart but he that's just he just he just doesn't feel like but it makes sense it makes sense to use him in one of these issues because like we said, this is like a, it's wonderland, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he is the most logical creature. So to put him in this land of, you know, as he puts it, nonsense. Right. Now they also have the panel like on what page is this? It's like uh, page eight or something on top and the top where we have like discord doing like three different forms in a single panel all around Soundwave and different ones there. Is there a particular yes. one you like of that? I'm amused by the boombox and the Trojan horse. 
Those are abusing it. The fact that I like that he's using the Trojan horse, but also he's doing the boom box, which is basically what Soundwave turns into. Mm-hmm. I really like that, him making fun of the, the boom box look of Soundwave. The Trojan horse is a Trojan horse, but also it's uh, got plenty of stylisticness of the My Little Pony uh, artwork as well. So it kind of works as like both. Um, it also kind of resembles a little bit like trying to draw as much as possible how Ravage actually looks as a toy. Oh, interesting. As opposed to the, you know, the cartoon or the comic, which obviously will have a lot more motion to it. Mm-hmm. But obviously the toy is going to be a lot more static. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that kind of looks like that a little bit. <laughs> I, I like how the, I like how the boom boxes speakers are basically are um, discourse uh, eyes as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm amused while he's confusing Soundwave, Fluttershy is basically just giving their entire life story. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're meeting and teaming up, so I guess it's time for origin time. <laughs> Here's our story. <laughs> but obviously we don't get the whole thing. We just get her get her the, near the end of it. And then she sees, oh, Ravage has a boo-boo on his nose. And you get the big, scra- big scratch on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't get boo-boos? That's battle damage. <laughs> And this is frenzy is having frenzy is completely out of his depth. He doesn't know what to make of this at all. He's even, he's what, even more confused than Soundwave because he's just louder about it, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole Brooklyn type thing of, you know, I'm just going to get louder. Oh, yeah. and That's how I deal with the problems. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's what I was saying about them being definitely being animals as opposed to, you know, in, you know, sentient creatures, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. Frenzy's like right. like Soundwave, what's going on here? This is look, this is the job we're do, we have to do. But what the heck is going on here? But the animals are like, oh, we're being petted, you right? Know? Well, yeah. I mean, they're trained to obey Soundwave and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's also because you know Autobots usually shoot at them. What do you? She's like, what do you, you think? Know, petting his, you know, injury, putting a putting a patch in his mm-hmm. injury. She's like giving rat bad scratches under his chin. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have the have these Decepticons ever been in a situation that wasn't battle? Yeah. Have they even I mean, that's been in one? They, they, it's either that or info or uh, spying. Mm-hmm. But any interactions they would have are always violent. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not like she's doing this with Starscream. Right. You know, yeah. That would, this would not work with Starscream or most of the others. But because of the fact that it's all the animal ones... It works. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, it makes sense because even frenzy because even frenzy those is like you can't do this. No, stop it. <laughs> exactly, and that's why and that's why they paired th- this pairing was perfect. Bringing yeah. Fluttershy in here was the way to go because even the other ponies wouldn't have reacted this way. Uh, Pinkie Pie would have just confused the heck out of them because Pinkie Pie is you know. Uh, Bugs Bunny wacky. Uh, oh, okay. And, you know, like, Applejack is just down-home country girl. Uh, she would have been kicking up a ruckus. So, you know. I, yeah. Oh, is that the one with the hat? Yes. Okay, I haven't read four yet. I think I saw that was in the cover of with, that was one of mm-hmm. the, co- the next to cover with uh, the Insecticons. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. That's what I'm Frenzy covering in the enough. next episode, in my yep. episode for Outcasters. But Frenzy has had enough, and he smacks the cream away as she's tending to Ravage's boo-boo, or battle damage, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. 
And that annoys. I like how it annoys Ravage and Laserbeak. They're like, hey, we were getting petted here. We like oh, yeah. this. Oh, their their face, the faces on on those Decepticons is just delightful. It is just okay. so funny. <gasps> what did you do? <laughs> and then that's it. The gloves are off. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Discord uses the powers that makes all the animals now robotic. So now the cute and fluffy bunny actually can do some has a potential of doing damage. And they do the transformer sound effect for them too. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense because before, I mean, yeah, you could have had all those animals go after Soundwave, but really they would have done nothing. Yeah, right. But that was now, no, one on one, maybe nothing, but all together swarming him. Mm-hmm. Now it could be a problem at least. Oh, I, lo- I, I love that twist. And that's it. They're all attacking. You know, they're jumping on Frenzy. They're jumping all for Soundwave. He's like, hey, cut that out. Oh, well, we also have Discord making fun of Soundwave when he says, big mistake, detected. Oh, yeah. He's doing the, he's mocking his uh, yeah. way of talking. And Frenzy basically saves himself by accident. <laughs> by yes, just that using was that, great. By just using that kind of regular phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, that phrase. You're not going to let one bad temper punch ruin a beautiful friendship, are you? It's like, come on, man. And that's a riot because it, it's the other Decepticon, Decepticons attacking him, not the animals. It's, you know, Laserbeak and Ratbat and Ravage attacking Frenzy because we liked her. You knocked her down and we liked her. What are you doing? And they were, it's, that's just so funny. It's just a, it's just a riot. Yeah, and it's because Soundwave is intelligent enough. Like I said, it's logical. He's not Megatron would have just still ranted and raved and shot. Oh yes, right, absolutely. But Soundwave's like, uh, this is more of a problem. Let's Soundwave's like, this is more of a problem we thought it was going to be. Let's not mm-hmm. make it even worse. <laughs> oh yeah, we can fight them later. Let's get them to calm. Let's get this problem. You know, let's end this. Logically, the best thing to do is just calm the situation down here. There is no benefit here. But We're now getting think? my own turning against us because of this. This is mm-hmm. not worth it. But what do you think? Do you think that Soundwave legitimately thinks of his Decepticons as friends? Do you think that's a legit take on what's going on here? Or is it just, no, he's just logically uh, found, ah, a way to cease hostilities. It's hard to tell, because if Soundwave, here's the thing, even if he thinks it as friends, I don't think he thinks it as friends in the way she's thinking of it as friends. Ah, he's that's going fair. By the, he's probably going by the specific definition of friendship, which would be like, People doing things for a similar, you know, who are have similar interests mm-hmm. or something like that. So therefore, the Decepticons technically would be fr- his friends because they all have the similar inship. Mm-hmm. Well, like, OK, so I'm looking up friendship real quick. You know, definition. Now, some of it's oh, kind man. of annoying now, to use. Now being super, serious. You know, it says <laughs> now the emotion or condu- conduct of friends, the state of being friends, which really doesn't help. It's mm-hmm. like, what's friendship? Being friends. Well, great. That helps me a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The Department of Redundancy Department. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I should just do friends definition. 
Let's see if it gives me anything other than the TV show. Here we go. A person which you can hear about on the Four Who Ruled, the Manhattan Project, a Seinfeld and Friends podcast on the Right On Network. Oh, there you go. There we go. Plug. Plug. A person who one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of sexual or familial relations. Going by Ah. that strict definition. Mm hmm. It'd be like, okay, yeah. I mean, he might not be viewing friends the way others would view it. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of Autobots, for instance, or, you know, or Decepticons who would not consider each other friends. Yes, right. Yeah. Like, most of them Mm -hmm. probably would not consider Starscream a friend. He's like, that jerk. (laughs) But if you're going by that prime definition, especially with something like Mm -hmm. Soundwave, it could be like, yes, those are my friends, if you want to use that definition. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, friends, allies, associates. So, and that's the group he's on. So, therefore, and he follows the lead, the instructions of his one friend, quote unquote, Megatron. So, mm-hmm. right. it is kind of sincere, but he's not looking at it the same way she is. Right. And that's fair. And but also, um, as we said about other things, it's if it's equally effective, sure. If it's what yeah. his definition of friendship is, who are we to judge? Yeah. And plus, then he also gets that threat. Mm-hmm. As she says to him, you know, we don't have to fight. You don't have to be scary. We can help you find your way. And this Discord says, or I could turn you into little pretty ponies. <laughs> and they've already seen that he's able to be able to turn the natural, the, you know, local wildlife into Transformers, basically. Mm-hmm. So logically, he should be able to do the reverse. Mm-hmm. Now like, you see uh, how you see how Angel Bunny is sitting on Soundwave's shoulder and yes. that look on its face. Okay, that's a normal angel look, by the way. <laughs> and I like that next panel though of Soundwave and Frenzy looking at each other. Frenzy's like, eh, yeah. what do you get? Yeah. Like, look, this is a better option than turning into little ponies. I like right. this option better. Yeah, Let's Soundwave is definitely Soundwave is is definitely telling Frenzy. Apologize, dude. <laughs> dude, get us out of this. <laughs> like, uh, sorry. And then so Megatron you know, announce, makes, makes an announcement. Soundwave, we need you here as soon as possible. Uh, sure. Eventually. <laughs> like, let's wait till they're done. Mm-hmm. But Ravis is on his back playing. I love that. Now, I'm I'm reading, but I read that eventually not as a reluctant eventually, but more a I'm content here, too, eventually. I'm not I'm personally not in a hurry, not an I'm waiting for the rest of them. But is, is how did you read it? Um, I did read it as a bit more of the eventually because but it's also it's sound wave. It's all very logical. I am coming, but I have to do this first. So I will be there eventually. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether he feels about it or not, because really there is no feeling of sound wave. It's more of the what is logical sense. Well, I, we don't want to be turned into ponies, so we are going to wait. And well, for him, that's well, kind of the same as I want to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. but I but but I kind of think that sound wave could logically find an excuse for for getting themselves out delicately 
if he was inclined to. That's all. So I think that he's not really inclined to try even. It could go either way on that one. I, yeah. So, you know, like, but, you know, not, not that not that we can really psychologically dissect Soundwave very effectively with this uh, 12 page comic book. Yes. But yeah. So and we end up that, like I said, we have that cute pa- that panel with like Ravage on his back, like a, like mm-hmm. a regular puppy <laughs> or kitty. That's right. He'd be more of a kitty. Dance party. Friend yeah. dance party. So story number one. That was amusing. I like that one. I, I think I like the story the best out of all the ones I've read so far. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Um, I Because I, I, I think also it was just very inspired for the Fluttershy and Soundwave as the pairing. having Finding that hook of the both of them being uh, associated with animals and pets, etc. That that hook was possibly the strongest hook um, for all of them. So I like that. Yeah, like there's one story in one of the other ones where it's like a cooking show, and or I think it's one of RC. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I guess that works. I mean, yeah, put somebody together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one makes more sense with the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of them, uh, it's fine too because it's like just don't. They they even admitted it in the first page of the first issue. Don't take this too seriously, people. We're just having fun. And yeah. they did it like in it with a very clever in continuity way to do it. Oh, so yeah, some the, of these the stories, a comic or something. Yeah, yeah, they have a, they have a, a a comic book fan on the street who's a, a pony. You know, <laughs> reading a team of comic books, saying this makes no sense. It's like, dude, I think it's just supposed to be fun. So they're they're really some of these stories themselves also like don't fit into like the narrative that they actually like set from the first chapter and the final chapter, and that. But also the point is that it's okay. Oddly, yeah. this one kind of fits even with that narrative. It's because yeah, it's it just is. like ra- Soundwave just lands on a random spot. The next story we're talking about doesn't really feel like it fits. Uh, but it's okay. It's also more like a, yeah, these characters just meet up and shenanigans. Yeah, basically. I mean, they're still fine, but I, I did like this one the best. Maybe for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. But speaking well, of the I, next I know one. You lo- I know you, oh, sorry, I know you love Fluttershy now. I know you love Fluttershy now. That's the real reason. <laughs> Your Fluttershy. <laughs> I, I want to. Only other thing I wanted to mention real quick is just like some of the voice actors from the cartoons that are okay. re- related to these characters because that's also fun. Uh, we already talked about John Delancey, so and everybody listening, I hope you all know who John Delancey is. So that's fantastic. Uh, Fluttershy is voiced by Andrea Libman, um, who also was doing the voice of Pinkie Pie in this series. You might know her from other things such as X Men Evolution, where she did. X-23 of all characters. Oh, and okay. she was in the 90s cartoon Reboot, which I never watched but was fascinated by the concept of. Because this was back when the animation was just one. starting. Mm-hmm. So that's fascinating. And of course, Soundwave is voiced by Frank Welker, the legendary Frank Welker, um, who also you know is mostly known for doing Megatron. But yeah, he also did Soundwave and Frenzy in some of the cartoons. I think Frenzy was done by a different voice actor later. Um, but yeah, so that's those are always fun to touch on because those voice actors are part of what we think of these characters. I, like like you said, we read the books from the cartoons. We just you, if you've seen them, you really just can't separate them. Especially if they do a good job of capturing the character, you're just going to hear the voice actors as well. So yeah, it's always it's, that's always fun. And I definitely heard those characters in this one. Uh-huh. 
Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Costumes on. So our next story in this issue is The Flying Foxtrot. Written by Sam Maggs, art by Priscilla Tremontano, colors by Luis Antonio Delgado, letters by Neil Yutake. And again, let's drop in a brief synopsis and then we'll be back after that. Story number two is called The Flying Foxtrot. Writer Sam Maggs, artist Priscilla Tramontano, colors Luis Antonio Delgado, letters Neil Utecki, editor Megan Brown. Rainbow Dash is relaxing in the clouds when the supersonic Autobot Windblade suddenly speeds past. When the two introduce themselves, what starts as a friendly conversation quickly turns into a rivalry over which of them is faster. They decide to settle this with an impromptu race, with other ponies and Autobots also taking part. As the race gets underway, Rainbow Dash and Windblade keep pace with each other, but a sudden rumbling sound heralds the arrival of the Decepticons Misfire, Acid Storm, Ion Storm, and Nova Storm. Wanting to prove to both Cybertron and Equestria that the Decepticons are superior to the Autobots, Misfire and his associates attack Rainbow Dash and Windblade. Windblade suggests they retreat, but Rainbow proposes that they take the Decepticons out with an aerial maneuver called the Flying Foxtrot. At Rainbow's direction, the two first stay within the Decepticons' range and bait them into misjudging their flying speed. When the Decepticons fire heat-seeking missiles, Rainbow and Windblade fly off in opposite directions and guide the missiles into flying back at the Decepticons, resulting in an explosion and the Decepticons' defeat. At the finish line, Rainbow Dash and Windblade hold the trophy together and declare their competition a tie, while the defeated Decepticons lie beneath them in a crumpled pile. And it's after that. Excellent. So some of them can fly, some can't, right? Or can they right. all fly? All the ponies fly. No, no, no. There's the ponies have um, three basic categories. We have Earth ponies, which are just what you think of as a standard pony. Unicorns, who have the unicorn horn and can do magic through the unicorn horn, and they have Pegasus, which have wings. And okay. they can fly. It's just one of the things that it's just part of her. It's just one thing. They just decided to make her a Pegasus. Yeah. Um, but Rainbow Dash relishes being a Pegasus and it's a fast flyer. So she's an, she's a jock all the way. That's I got that much from the story mm-hmm. that they yeah. like to be fast because. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing no- is that they'll have they have this other classification called an alicorn, which are the ones that have all which have unicorn horns and wings. So that's where the princesses are, uh, like Equestria, who's like, you know, the 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 almighty queen of Equestria and her sister. Uh, and there's another there's another couple of princesses, especially uh, one of the star the star of this of this uh, series, um, Twilight Sparkle, who becomes a princess. She starts as just a unicorn, but then becomes a princess through magical shenanigans, growth. Uh, believing in the power of friendship and, you know, gets wings as well. So, mm. 
Okay. I'm glad I'm here to help out. (laughs) So apparently this one starts with dash, right? That's what this one is? Yes, Rainbow Dash. Rainbow. Oh, Rainbow Dash. Okay. Not just Dash. Not just Dash. But she goes, but often she gets called called Dash rather than called the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's a long name. Yes. Like nicknames were invented. And it's so funny when I, because yes, I do remember that the original Rainbow Dash of the original toys was more of just a, you know, like they were all just cute ponies. You know, there was no big deal about it. So there's no, and it's like, but she was nothing about being a jock or anything in those versions of the character so you know turning her into this version is like oh that's great well it fits more of the name yeah the emphasis on the previous one was more the rainbow side this mm. one is much more the dash side but yeah, it looks like rainbow dash is just hanging out in the sky eating an apple and gets knocked over by someone's wink mm-hmm. flying by and floating on a cloud because she can float because floating on clouds is what the pegasus can do pegasuses pegasi pegasies Pegasus. But yeah, Pegasus. Knocked over by one of the few, I guess one of the few Autobot flyers. Right. Because most of them weren't, and I don't know this character at all. Windblade. Mm-hmm. Yes, this I was not familiar with Windblade either. Did, did you, I looked her up a little bit. Did you look her up any? No, I did not think about that. I will say that I got the gist of her being like the queen of some other Cybertron-like offshoot world. So, you know, um, so, you know, she's from, so she might be like a Daxamite instead of a Cybertronian, <laughs> instead of a Kryptonian. <laughs> uh, that's all, that's, that's one part of it. Um, but she's like a very sort of so, a, a, an honor bound character, um, and a bit more for, uh, and seems like a very important character. And the, the story was sound very sophisticated. That's one thing I was really impressed by when I was reading this thing. It's like, boy, this is really a sophisticated bunch of storytelling for a toy tie-in series. Um, and I don't have the patience to read all this, so I'm just going to get the gist. Okay. So yeah. All right. She sounds cool. I, that was, that was the takeaway I got from her. She sounds cool. Yeah. Well, you can see with Windblade, it actually, I'm looking at the design. Obviously it has a bit more of a ancient Japan, feudal Japan type of influence. Cause the, the head kind of almost looks like a geisha, geisha girl. Yes. thing With like the, mm-hmm. the chopsticks like, or whatever you want to call it, like the thing sticking out of the hair. Like the hairpinny things, yeah. Hairpins, yeah. And like what looks like the makeup on the face, almost like kabuki type makeup. Exactly. Yep. Definitely some influences there. But then all the Transformers to a degree really are Japanese influenced anyway. Exactly. This one's just more overtly. And I think that's great. Because it really really comes across. It's a really nice design. Well, it makes sense. Most of them were designed. I mean, they're all designed in Japan. So yeah. And her from. two big engines being above her shoulders, uh, that you know, which is a standard thing for that, but it's like it really adds to the look. So they meet, and of course, they're at least since it's an Autobot, they're being a little more friendly, right? Mm-hmm. So they're comparing each other's wings. <laughs> <laughs> I like your wings. I like your wings. <laughs> and obviously, they both have a thing about being fast. Oh, right. Because it's like. I was the fa- I'm the fastest here until I showed up. It's like, uh, no. <laughs> Which is such a Rainbow Dash move. She is so cocky and a bit full of herself. So, of course, this is going to be her, rea- her reaction. Yeah, she looks very upset when she's like, still, I'm still the fastest. <laughs> so it is time for a race. And I mean, we get the 
race and apparently it's apparently all this, there must be some time passing because we go from i assumed it was going to be like a race between the two like get ready and then all of a sudden it's like we have a stand and we have mm-hmm. other people involved and it looks like there's even other transformers involved and i i'm like who's the right. horse transformer i don't know who that is <laughs> and we got one pony there with like a mask on <laughs> like, well, i did oh, i did, I did selling little... concessions yeah, I did a little bit of looking um, for the transformer, but like the there's a there's a thing called a battle unicorn that's a transformer. So that's a that's a thing. I don't know who the the guy with the the blue transformer with the shall we call it a ponytail? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a it's a black lash or uh, um, um, killer shrike style ponytail coming out of the back of his head. I was thinking, like, what if Shatterstar was the Transformer? Oh, oh no! Uh, yeah, that's that's you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, and well, the the red pony um, wearing the mask and stuff, uh, I didn't see. I don't really know if that's a a thing in the TV show. But when I was watching it, there was this group of flyers, um, the fastest ones that were called the Wonderbolts. And it was a big deal for Rainbow Dash to be kind to join the Wonderbolts. Um, so she actually joined the team, uh, the group of flyers, because um, she was, you know, because she's the fastest one in Equestria. And they wear those racing, those big, you know, uh, aviator goggles all the yeah. time, too, with the yeah. mask. That's that's their thing. Um, but they yeah, usually that's... wear a blue uniform. And so this one wearing a red one, it's like maybe they've changed and or maybe they have different kinds of Wonderbolts. I'm not sure. And I'm again. Really, I'm not a brony gang. Honest, I promise, I'm not a brony. <laughs> you just, <laughs> but I just know enough to be enough. dangerous. And yeah, it's like in the stands we have the ponies, and we actually have the ponies, the primary ponies from the series in the stands. But they should be dealing with other transformers at the same time. So this one definitely plays fast and loose with the fact like we're just putting these characters together and having fun. Yeah, this is like, not in continuity. Time passing for this, it's like. In this, like some of it comes across as like they just show up, like Soundwave just showed up. Here, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they've been here for a little while. Right. And they're just kind of doing their own things here. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, we had that thing yesterday. Today, we're going to do a race. Exactly. And tomorrow, who knows? (laughs) So we have the race, and as they, they basically, of course, it's really, even though there's like multiple people racing, it's really only about the two of them. Oh yeah, the rest don't. The rest don't matter. They're not going to keep up. It's like if you have a race between Superman and the Flash, and you also have like four or five other characters involved. It's like, yeah, we're not worried about them. <laughs> it's between Superman and the Flash. Yes, exactly. And Green so Lantern keep... says, "Hey, look, you know, I can travel to Owen back, you know, in two minutes. Yeah, yeah, whatever, guy. You know, whatever, fine. It's fine. You're not involved in this guy. You don't care. You're not. You're not. You're not involved." You and Kid Flash just keep running along. Have fun. We're not worried about you guys. <laughs> but so the two of them take turns one upping each other. So this is the hair versus the hair. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> There's no tortoise here. It's the hair. No. It's your right. <laughs> They're both doing it. <laughs> They're both screwing each other. Exactly. And surprising each other of how fast they are. Mm-hmm. 
because Rainbow Dash was not expecting Windblade to go that fast to be able to beat him, you know, go that fast to beat her, and then all of a sudden she catches up. And Windblade's right. like, "How are you doing this? I have engines." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Then what happens? Decepticons that I don't know show up. Well, before we get onto that, let's if we go back one page and look at the quick shot of the stands with the ponies in the crowd. Yes. Um. So yeah, we've got all the main characters from the series. You know, there's Pinkie Pie, Applejack, Twilight Sparkle, Fluttershy, and yes, uh, Applejack has her hands on her not her hand, her hooves on top of uh, Rarity's head. Um. And also, there's a little dragon back there eating popcorn. Yes, I remember he was in the issue issue with uh, Grimlock. Yes, so that's Spike. And, of course, Spike, in continuity, is trapped on Cybertron. He shouldn't be here. So that's fun. But that's, that's like I said, this one doesn't care about continuity. This is just for fun. Now, the other ponies that are around, I don't recognize them. But what I also can't help but be curious about is that the artists will often put in themselves or their creator, their co-creators as ponies in shots like this in the books. I'm wondering then if the two on the lower right-hand part of that panel, the glasses mm-hmm. are that. That's, that's scre- you, you see what I'm, you, you see what I'm zooming in on right there. That's exactly what I was zooming in on because that just screams out some kind of care, some kind of real life person being transposed into a pony. Right. Particularly since, let me see something real quick. I'm going to go back. So, yeah, Sam, Mags, and Priscilla. Um, and the green mm-hmm. one does look more like a guy a bit. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if that's, yeah, if that's him and the artist is the one next to him with the bigger glasses. Right. They've even got one up above who's got like a baseball cap on backwards. And you can kind of go like, oh, yeah, that might be one of like the assistant editors or somebody. True. You could you could totally see that. So that that's always it's all it, it, you have to like really kind of know the characters and some of them are on Twitter all the time, so it's really easy to spot them. Um, it's like I didn't try to do that kind of digging, but I but when I see the characters drawn like that in a shot in a close up shot like this, I go like, oh yeah, you're you're basing this on somebody in real life, either associated with the comic book or just a friend of yours or something. So that's always a trip. By the way, speaking of that, real quick, the character Spike. Is it mm-hmm. wrong that I wanted to look up real quick and I was hoping that, um, hold on, where is it? I'm listening. There. Was, yeah, it was wrong that I was hoping that that character was voiced by James Marsters. <laughs> um, I don't judge. You, you do you. I'd be very amused <laughs> if he played another Spike. <laughs> that would be delightful stunt casting. They but. should they should have done that in a series if they did an episode where they spoofed Buffy and had Spike play that Spike that would be a riot or yeah, a yeah, Spike I, or 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 this TV show has a character named Spike voiced by that who looks an awful lot like this Spike it's like wait a minute <laughs> that's great though that's a light I like that. I mean, yeah, that could be amusing. I mean, that be that would be like, um, what was that? Show? Batman: The Brave and the Bold, the last episode. Yes. Where well, Batmite does all those extra, extra stories. Oh, and no, and Tim McGinley takes over the voice oh, yeah, of Aquaman. Right, right. You're, that's right. I'm getting the other. I'm getting the other episode mixed up with that. Had Batmite, right? Yeah. Tim McGinley doing the voice of Aquaman. Yeah. 
because that's what he does. <laughs> he takes over roles. Hey, man, he totally, ran, he totally ran owned it longer than he I, told, I was on. Yeah, he totally owned that, that part, too. That was so hilarious. He was well, like, fact, yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, the fact that he mentions Mary with Children on that show. Yes. It's like, Mary with Children was on for like eight years after I came on. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> it's like, I didn't cancel that show. Like, don't blame that on me. Oh, uh, so great. Yeah, he's on a wait, I'm looking right now. He's on 170 episodes. Oh, yeah. Ed O'Neill's on 262, so it's like, yeah, yeah. It last, he was like, yeah, it was lasted for oh, a yeah. long time. Yeah, no, I, and that's the thing is that you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I already was aware of that, and it's like I'm, I, I know that about him. It's like you know, the guy was on the show. They never would have imagined that the show would have lasted as long as it did. So, yeah. you know, him coming in as a fill-in at first it was a joke, and but then it came like, oh no, the show's still going. No, he's outlasted the the character that he replaced. He's been on more episodes than the character he replaced. Yeah, this it's him. He's it. This is his show now. <laughs> That's too great. But okay, so I don't really recognize. No, go to Transformers. I don't recognize most of these guys. The one in the mm. blue looks like I don't know, not Dirge, but one of the one of the flyers from the original cartoon with sound, you know, Starscream and the other. Like there's like one or two other ones. Uh-huh. But like we got a purple one, a green one, and a gold one. I'm like, who are these people? Okay, I looked them. I did look these up because I did not recognize them either. Um, so we have the purple one is Misfire, and he's just a. I don't, I don't know the significance of him, but he's he's just one of the other flying Transformers. The three he refers to them as the Rainmakers, and I did look that up, and that ex- that explains it. The green one is Acid Storm. The blue uh, one is Ion Storm. Okay, so definitely the, not one of the ones I recognize. <laughs> yeah, and the yellow is Nova Storm. And when they work together, they can make storms, apparently. It's the three storms. There you go. Like Johnny Storm, Aurora Storm, Susan Storm Richards. Well, I'm thinking Big Trouble in Little China, the three storms. Oh. Ooh, that's better. Dang, I haven't watched Big Trouble in China in ages. You know what I'm talking about, right? The guy with the lightning yeah. and the guy that could <laughs> I blow himself I up. I do remember now. But it's like, a, but uh, it's, it's, you know, phasey. Memory. Yeah. Hazy. To be fair, I did watch that like only a couple months ago, so. Oh, so that helps a ton. <laughs> but yeah. Like so I said, they I haven't rewatched it in ages. That, 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 that's, a, that's worth a rewatch, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Heck but, yeah. yeah, they want to uh, prove that they're the best, but their way, of course, of doing it is, well, see, what we're going to do is we're going to shoot you, and then we win automatically. <laughs> Which, you know, I guess is a way of winning the race. You know, if we say we're part of the race now and everyone else is dead, well, we win. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's in the rules not to shoot the other people. Yeah, because who would have thought of that? Yeah. I do like Rainbow Dash's response. Like, are these guys always talk like this? <laughs> that was just the best. Because it's like, there's plenty of the Transformers kind of calling out and shining a, uh, shining a light on the wackiness and silliness of the ponies. But we don't get the opposite very much. So then yeah. her, her just being like... <sighs> It's like, are you, it's like, really? 
really like you're a little like you got to do the drama. You got to make your big speech. It's kind of like the equivalent of um, what was the movie? Uh, the Incredibles. Oh right. Like, oh, and then he starts he monologuing. <laughs> yeah. He starts monologuing. <laughs> I can't believe you got me monologuing. <laughs> but yeah, they fire the heat-seeking missiles, and it's like, wait, wait for it, wait for mm-hmm. it. And then, of course, because it's the two fastest of each, what do they do? They fly quickly around the other Decepticons, and the missiles, of course, don't have time to, aren't smart enough to evade, so they just go straight through. Mm-hmm. And we get the little cartoon. Oh no! <laughs> womp womp. Wally Coyote. Exactly. <laughs> Daffy Duck. Mother. <laughs> and you get the big boom, and then there's of course the smoke clears, and the two of them are the two the two ladies are sitting on top of them with their trophy. That's right. Which that's a heck of a trophy for a pony because that's twice her size. Oh, ponies don't do things halfway. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> they go they go all in. <laughs> so yeah, this is. This is definitely more of a, like you said, this does it. This is just for fun because it's very much like a cartoon, like we said, mm-hmm. like a Wiley e. Coyote type, you know, Daffy Duck ending. Yes. You know, the missiles go back on them. We get the big cloud of smoke, and when it ends, everything's resolved because they're mm-hmm. all unconscious and they're sitting and the good guys are sitting on top of them, going, "I guess we'll call it a tie." Yeah. It's a it's a it's a fun little uh, Saturday morning cartoon right there. Yeah, which yeah. these are both based on. So hey, why not? No, I mean this, especially this story particularly. You know, and a couple mm-hmm. of the other ones as yeah. well. But at least for this issue, this story particularly works. If like this was, let's say, a regular cartoon series that would have like two mm-hmm. or three story, you know, cartoons per episode. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just throwing random transformers and ponies together. It's like okay, this one they're gonna have a raise, and they'll kind of screw it up, and then you know, they get shot with their own missiles. Oh yeah. So still quite amusing. I think I did oh, like yeah. the other one better, but mm-hmm. this one was amusing. You just take this one as fun. You know, you don't, you don't, there's definitely not supposed to be a part of the story or any big revelations about the characters. It's like, or even the way they interact with each other, they're too much alike for there to be much of a, you know, um, any revelations or kind of yeah. anything to sink your teeth into. Yeah. No, this um, is a, don't think too much about it. We probably thought more than we should have about it. Right. I think so. And that's the issue. Yeah. Well, let's talk about real quickly. I did look up uh, voice actors for um, Rainbow Dash. Uh, okay. She's voiced by Ashley Ball. Um, I didn't really see anything else uh, for about My Little Pony about her there. But uh, other things that she's done that might be uh, recognized by you and by the listeners uh, is that she was in um, the movie Thor Tales of Asgard. As Amora, otherwise known as the Enchantress. So that's pretty wild. I guess that's and, an animated one. I don't know if I remember mm-hmm, that. Yeah, that's an animated one. And she also was a voice in Iron Man Armored Adventures as Black Widow. Oh, I remember that one. That was like the CGI Iron Man that was like human as a teenager. Oh, nice. Okay. Which I have. I remember I haven't watching seen the, either of them. I watched that. I, oh, yeah. It was much better than I thought it was going to be because I'm like, Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in high school. It's like Iron Man babies. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what was my thought Iron, at first. Iron Lad. Yeah, but it actually was pretty well done. It was actually pretty decent, I thought. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah, for her to do, uh, so for her to Black Widow there, it's like, I know what Rainbow Dash's voice sounds like. And she does, as long as she doesn't do it like Rainbow Dash, which I'm sure she wouldn't because, you know, voice actors are amazing. Yeah. Um, You're not I just doing your voice. Yeah. I'm sure it'll sound, I, that, I bet you did a great job as Black Widow. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't remember that, but I have, I mean, there's a lot of episodes, mm-hmm. so. Right. Uh, Windblade had a couple of different voice actors uh, 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 credited for that, but the first one was Abby Trot, um, who seemed to have done it the most. Um, and like all sorts of credits that are, and like all these voice actors have all these kinds of credits, especially for dubbing Japanese animated cartoons into English. Lots oh, yeah. of credits for those. Tons That's what I'm of credits seeing here. Yeah. And tons of also credits for all sorts of things where it's like, you know, extra, extra voices, various voices, you know, that just, you know, no, not named credits. Um, but one of the things that I kind of noted from Abby Trot was that, uh, appearance in dubbing for one punch man. And I just, you know, I had to watch that series at some point just because the one punch part just had to <laughs> for JLI podcast, JLI fan, JLI fandom had to, see, oh, had to check it yes. out at some point. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they prob- that person probably could take out Guy Gardner with one punch. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's what I got. That's what I got for that. Cool. A little bit extra. Nice. Yeah. Oh, this was amusing. I can't say it was. I can't say it sucked. I definitely can't <laughs> say. I mean, is it my favorite thing in the world? No. Is it something that's going to make me run out buy more Live Little Pony or watch the show? Probably not. But I also don't feel like I, you know, it's it's also like, not like I went, I can't believe I spent money on this. Mm-hmm. Or this is a waste of my time or anything like that. I'm like, no, this was fun and amusing. Good, good. Yeah, I you maybe you feel the same way as I do about some of these team-ups is that I might not buy the individual books of these characters, but I will buy a book of them together. Because that's actually even more interesting. It's like I know yeah. enough about the characters to be Oh, yeah, that's kind of nifty, but I don't necessarily want to commit to a full series. But then but, they'll do a special yeah. team up of the characters like, oh, well, well this that could be, could be neat. Watching the mix up of yeah. this and watching them interact with something completely, especially in this where it's completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I don't mean just different dimensions, but I mean, as much as it might like it, Mar- you know, like we said, Marvel vs. DC or the JLA Avengers crossover. Yes, they're different mm-hmm. worlds, but I mean basically the same type of thing it's not like one of them's coming from mm-hmm. you know a realm of magic where they never heard of science and another one where like you know the opposite but that's right. basically what this is this is covered this is the ultimate in science with you mm-hmm. know you know creatures made you know they're, they're made of technology yes and, and now they're trapped have... on a planet with pastels yes. and no right angles to be seen and magic and magic and anthropomorphic creatures mm-hmm. you know so it's complete so because i mean they're human for the most part transformers are humanoid so even them going to earth while they're still a complete you know it's a complete it's similar it's not doesn't go mm-hmm. as far yes mm-hmm. well uh, like yeah, no the ponies neither. aren't even the ponies are intelligent but not but since they aren't they don't like stand on their back legs so they're not really even anthropomorphic it's you know, this is like they have no frame of reference for these creatures. True. But the, like, again, again, the whole point was not to take it too seriously either, even on that front. It's just. Heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's what makes it a successful crossover myself or team up myself is that it it brings together two properties 
where I might not normally buy them separately, but I'll buy something with them together. I agree. It, it was, it was, you know, especially if you like, if you like one of these or the other, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you can have a sense of humor, especially, well, especially if I guess it was, well, Pony would make more sense for that, but especially if like you're into Transformers, if you can have a bit of a sense of humor about it. Right. If you're taking it too seriously, you are probably already pulling your hair out listening to this episode. <laughs> so if you're taking it too seriously, don't read this. You know, go take a Xanax and calm down. <laughs> but you I mean, as long as you can just be amused by it. Characters. Yeah, as long as you be amused by it. And if it bothers you that much, just remember, it's not like this is going to be, you know, nothing. A, even if it isn't canon, it's not like there's any long-term changes. You know, the mm-hmm. ponies didn't kill Megatron. The ponies didn't make Ravage and Laser be turned sides completely forever. Spoilers! <laughs> so, settle down. It's okay. This might be a crossover episode, but it's still an episode, which means we're still going to be doing our feedback. And this time our feedback is for episode 140. Death in the Golden Age Trade Paperback Volume 2, in which we reprinted our supplemental episodes featuring Death. So this is the episode where we were talking about the Thunderous story from Daring Mystery Comics number 8. You can originally hear, originally hear that in episode 102. The Black Marvel story from Mystic Comics number 8. You can originally hear that in episode 124. And Young Allies number 5 with Jason Venable. And you can originally hear that in episode 132. On Facebook, the post for this episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, Pat Sampson, and Caleb Alexander McKenzie. On Twitter, we got likes and retweets from Star Rocket Radio, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Viet Huyn, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Werewolf by Night Podcast, Last Sons of Krypton, Signal of Doom, Connor McKenna, David Finn, Capes and Lunatics, Chris Lydon, Jeffrey Brown, parentheses, they slash them, Near Mint Press, Truth, Justice, and Halloween, Into the Weird, Long Box of Darkness, Doc Strange, Into the Night, Jason Snake Venable, Bare Metal Alchemist Ronin, Jason Vivone, Spooky Waffles, Boo, JSA Dignity, Terry Nunley, I Am Iron Vist, JMT Hyphen Prod, Leonin Valdez, Ray Kelly, Kiko Knight, Thomas Johnson, Shep the Solstice Dude, Deer Watchers, a What If Multiversal Podcast, Timothy D. Ayers, Comics in the Golden Age, and King Dinosaur. Thanks, all of you, including, of course, Your Majesty, King Dinosaur. (laughs) Now, if you want to hear me, well, this is a good week to hear me in other places. Of course, you can hear me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D cast, um, which we talk about the late 80s, early 90s DC sci-fi series Legion. That's the acronym, acronym Legion, not Legion of Superheroes. And, of course... This is the week of our Halloween crossover. So go to the show notes and in the links, go to part one, and you can hear me on the Mary with Comics podcast talking about issue one of the My Little Pony Transformers crossover. And while you're at it, you should also go listen to part two, even though I'm not on it. John and Maggie are, and it's on the Unpacking the Power of Power Pack show, which is awesome. So listen to that one. And after you've listened to this one, tomorrow on Halloween, you can hear Tim Price as well as Jeff and Rick talking about Issue 4 on the Outcasters. If you want your name said here, don't forget, there are ways to do that. 
just follow us on different social media and like and share our episode posts. So, of course, what we got? We got Facebook. Go into Facebook, type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box. It'll pop up. Go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, or follow us on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. And, of course, if you have something more direct you want to say to us, well, send us an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. And one last thing before we close out the episode in a minute. Don't forget, this show is part of The Collective. The Collective is a group of podcasters who have decided to network together in the most traditional sense, bouncing ideas off each other, helping promote, things like that. There was a little stinger at the beginning of the episode for To Know Her Is To Fear Her, a Spider-Woman podcast. That's one of The Collective episodes. Links in the show notes. Go give them a listen. Hi, John. Hi, Maggie. I'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that we're married. <laughs> Me too, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Aw. Oh, hey, I was looking at these old comics, and I noticed that there's Hold a Hold that thought. Why don't we talk about it on our podcast? We have a podcast? It seems like the logical next step. We get married. We change our names. We combine our comic collections. We start a podcast about comic books. Well, I can't fault your logic, but there are plenty of podcasts out there already. Do you really think we'll have anything new and interesting to say? Oh, I think we'll manage. Welcome to the Married with Comics podcast, where we constantly f*** up. <laughs> it goes from Marvel Girl to Phoenix to Marvel Girl to Jean Grey to Phoenix to Dead. Um, <laughs> and then apparently he's so consumed with his own thoughts that he runs right past three monkeys <laughs> in the alleyway. A brainwave camera took a picture of that guy's head. A brainwave camera. Uh, and Ben's just basically, whatever you gotta do to stop the commies, Nick. So join us at the Married with Comics podcast, where two newlyweds with a love for comics intelligently, critically, and thoughtfully discuss comic books. Also listen as we goof around, make jokes, and make fun of John for mispronouncing names. I do that a lot. Sometimes we'll pick a topic and review and discuss comics that relate to the topic. And sometimes we'll pick up a comic and see what discussion topics come up. Sometimes we'll spend an entire episode talking about how much Maggie loves Batman. The only thing that's almost as strong as my love for you is my love for Batman. The Married with Comics podcast. Available directly on our site at marywcomics.lipson.com, on iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are found. Also, check us out at Facebook at the Married with Comics podcast. We've got everything you need. All right. Well, you did mention a bit, but let's tell people where else they can hear you if they need to. Oh, thank you. Yes, you can find me on the Right On Network. Uh, where I do a couple of podcasts there. I'm a co-host on the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast with Ashford Wright. And I'm also uh, the primary host on the Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast, where also with Ashford and Sarah Century has been a regular recurring host on that. So that's been lots of fun. You can find those um, with your podcaster catcherers uh, at Batgirl slash Huntress podcast because uh, we are part of the Huntress podcast feed. Uh, you also can find us at thehuntresspodcast.com um, or on Twitter at the Huntress podcast or at Bat Outcasters. And you can find me on Twitter at Tim Price17. Or you could also just go to the, the links that are going to be in the show notes and click on those and I'll bring you to those places directly. Then why did I say all that?
What are you doing to me? What are you doing to me, Al? What the heck? Well, some of my people, some of my listeners aren't lazy. So they might like oh. the way you said it. Oh, you but mean like me. they're lazy. Like, yeah, like me. they're lazy. I okay. have the, the links. Gotcha. <laughs> we want to well, be you, you just look out for people. You're great. Or, you know, hey, forget lazy. What if they're just driving while listening? You, know, you don't want them also going to Twitter while they're driving. That's bad. Don't do that. Well, that's what Siri's for. Hey, Siri, go to Tim Price 17 and block. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, no. Tim, I'm sorry. You just blocked yourself. <laughs> now Tim can't be on Twitter because he's blocked himself. Well, Tim, thank you for joining me on this. I mean, granted, as we heard, you didn't have a choice, but still. <laughs> no, thank we'll you. Polite. I had a great time. It was fun. Always fun talking to you. No, this is amusing. This this was fun. This is something different. So it's always fun to do something different. Mm -hmm. A little outside the our realm of normal of what we normally do. Well, I'm on. I do cover, you know, the outsiders. So I'm used to going outside the box. Now, were there as many puns in here as it would be in the outsiders? They were a little light on the puns, actually, in this dialogue. They yeah, a little I, light. I, I would think outsiders would be a little more pun heavy. They're def it's definitely much more. We're, yeah. we're we're definitely not. It's not the one pun, man. No. <laughs> one pun, man. So, if you want to hear more from Tim, by the way, speaking of which, or you want to hear the and you want to hear the rest of what happens in this crossover, well, there will be a link. Like I said, go to go to that so you can hear the next episode of Outcasters, which which will be coming out today, and you'll be able to hear who's on your episode now. Oh, we'll have Jeff and Rick from Jeff and Rick Present unpacking the power of Power Pack as my guests on the Outcasters. So yep. it should be covering issue number four, so it should be a great time. So we'll hear that, and then come back next episode because Tim will be back with some with Brian for something special. Ooh, I'm I, I am coming back. Yes. Oh, good. I didn't get blocked. Um, wonderful. Oh, that's only on Twitter. I'd be blocked. Not oh, okay. This way, I can only take you in my controlled dose. I don't have to have you on my Twitter feed all the time. That's a different story. I don't <laughs> know how I feel about that. Yeah, decide by next episode. You have time to decide. Okay. You have two weeks. All right. I'll think about. I'll think about. I'll think of over. I'm a slow thinker. You're. you're I couldn't think of something. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. See, right there. I was going to make something. I was going to make a joke with the Rainbow Dash thing, but I couldn't think of something that worked with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.
Oh, and that's ponies. a thing. That's a thing. Woo-hoo. Right, my little pony, my little pony. 